0: morning, everybody. Come on, how's 1030 doing? Y'all glad to be in church today? Glad you're here. Welcome to our Savior's Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name's Pastor Josh, and uh, what a joy it is to be here on a Sunday morning. Come on, how many know we got a Tiger win this weekend? Come on, go Tigers. (laughs) Hey, you should have walked in. When you walked in today, you should have received um, a note cards um, when you walked in. Come on, anybody get one? Rave them at me if you got one. I I wanted to let you know as well, on top of that, we have binders that look just like this they're at our guest services also right, right when you walk out the door. These are free, um, and these are a way for you to store any of those. If you are a note taker, this is a way for you to store uh, your notes in here. I, I wanted to give these away. Who, who doesn't have one? Anybody? Who doesn't have one? Here you go. This is all yours. Oh, you get one. You get a notebook. Can you get a notebook? Okay, everybody gets a notebook. All right, so glad that, you, uh, glad that you're here and uh, so excited for all that God wants to do today. We're in a series right now called Activated. And uh, we're in part seven. We, we have not, I don't know, done a series this long in a long time, but we felt like it was really important for us as a church to really start talking more and more about what it is of what God's church looks like. And so we've been studying the book of Acts over the past uh, seven weeks on what is an activated church looks like. That, that God hasn't just called us to be a church. He's called us to be an activated church that's actually doing something not only for ourselves, but is doing things in our community to change a region. Come on, how many you know there's a lot of people in our city that need Jesus? Amen. They need a church, a life-giving church that uh, that is passionate about seeing them connecting to Jesus and so today I'm going to be talking on a topic. We've been, we've been looking at a bunch of different ones. We've been looking at the power of prayer in an activated church. We've been looking at the power of the Holy Spirit in an activated church. We've been looking at uh, the power of a spiritual home and being connected. Last week we talked about having open eyes and open hands and open hearts to what uh, God wants to do. And we've kind of, the, the beginning of this series was really kind of introspection. It was a lot of what God wanted to do in us. Now as we get to the end, next week we'll, we'll wrap it up. We're kind of going outwards. We're going, what does God want to do through us as a church, and how does he want to use us as a church? Today, the topic that I'm going to be sharing on is the second most talked about topic in the entire Bible. Uh, this topic is spoken on over 800 times in Scripture. I mean, that's a, that's a big topic, and so we wanted to make sure that we tackled this topic in this series, because this is a big deal for God's church. And so today I'm talking about the topic of generosity. Generosity. Now some of y'all right there are like, man, I knew I shouldn't have came today. Okay. Generosity. What the heck? I knew it. Church wants my money. And let me just do a disclaimer here. Everybody listen, we don't want your money. Okay. Uh, We're not doing a campaign. We're not trying to raise money right now for Anything. Uh, The church is good. Uh, Our church is extremely generous in a lot of ways. So I'm not preaching this money, uh, this money message because we want something. And by the way, generosity is not just money. Come on, somebody. Generous life is a big life. Come on, how many want the blessed life? How many want a blessed life from the Lord? Um, This is all what God wants to do in our our church. And the reason I know you need this message, and here's why. We just got out 21 days of prayer back in August. Over 50% of the prayer requests. Cards. Guess what they were for? Money. Money. Over 50% of the cards that we got that came in said, can you pray for me and our finances? Can you pray for us in our finances? So I know this is a big deal. And I know that this is for all of us in our area, in, in our lives, understanding the heart of generosity. And so I want us to start today in Proverbs chapter 11. Come on, let's get into God's word today. Proverbs 11, we're gonna look at verse 24 kind of to start us off today. Then we're gonna go into the book of Acts and, and see how... God's church is a generous church. So Proverbs 11, verse 24. All right, so I just want you to know that uh, when I preach, I like you to interact with me. Uh, I want you to talk back to me, okay? So I know it's a bunch of white people in here, but you can talk in church, okay? Um, so <laughs> we're gonna try to get some more black people in here. They talk back to me. See, white people talk to you after the sermon. Black people talk to you during the sermon. Yeah. And so, come on, somebody. And so you can talk back to me. If it's good, say an amen. If it's not good, say, oh, me. Okay, so... Proverbs 11 verse 24 says this, the world of the what? Everybody say that word, the world of the what? The world of the generous. What does it get? It gets what? Larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So this verse is telling us, it's really not about how much you have. This verse is about a heart posture. It's about a heart posture. It's about about what do we do with what God's given us? And This is what this verse is telling us. Ready? That God's world, the world of generosity, gets larger and larger for people. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So, this is what it's telling me that we get to put the lid on what God does through us. We put the lid. Do we want our world to get bigger? Do we want our world to get smaller? We get to put the lid. And the number one reason that God wants you to be blessed, come on, how many know, is because he wants you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a blessing. How many know we were never called to be a reservoir? We were always called to be a river. It flows through us. It just doesn't come with us. How many want the blessed life? Anybody in here? Come on. Everybody say this with me. Say, I am, a I am a blessing. Come on. Let's say it like you mean it. I am a blessing. I am a blessing. Okay. So write this down. This first one down is this. An activated church is a generous church. An activated church is a generous church. And I want to show you this. We're going to look at Old Testament And we're going to look at New Testament because I want you to see this. This is the heartbeat of God for not only his church, but it's his heartbeat for you. So Acts chapter 2, I want you to watch this with me. It says this, and all the believers, they met together in one place. And what did they do? They what? They shared everything. Everything that they had, they shared. Watch this. They sold property. They sold possessions. And they what? What's that word? They shared What? Yeah, we didn't even want... Some of y'all didn't even want to say that, okay? mm, I'm not even saying that. They shared money with those in need. Watch. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And then what did they do? Shared... What did they share this time? Come on, somebody. Anybody, Anybody want to cook a gumbo? Let's go, somebody. Come on. This is like Southern home right here, right? This is like a Southern family reunion. They're like sharing... They're eating together hanging out together, worshiping together, spending time together. If they see a need, they meet a need. It's that simple. See a need, meet a need. This is what the, the New Testament church looked like. It was a generous church. Acts chapter two, the very beginning, the Holy Spirit had just fallen on this church at the very beginning of Acts chapter two, and here we are, verse 44 and 46, and the way that they described the New Testament churches, they shared. They shared everything They shared money, they shared their time, they shared their resources, come on, they shared their gumbos, come on, these were good people, all right? They shared. Now, this is what God is calling us as a church to be. If we want to be an activated church, we're a sharing church. We care, we're generous in all that we do. Matthew 25, watch what Matthew 25 says this, 25 verse 29, to those who use well what they are what? Okay, here we go, watch this, track with me. Those who use well what they're given, even... More will be given and they will have an, uh, an abundance. Watch this. But for those who do nothing, even, watch this, even little that they have is going to be what? It's going to be taken away. All right, here's the question. Ready? Was money said in this verse at all? No, it was not. But when you read this, you think money, don't you? Why? There's a word in there that triggers it. What's the word? Give. The enemy has twisted the word give that every time you see it in Scripture, you actually think money. It's not. Actually, God is doing something so much more than that. It reminds me of a story of a, of a pastor who was in, in reviewed, interviewed by a reporter. And the reporter asked him, how often do you talk about giving? And the pastor said, every week. And she was like flabbergasted, like, You talk about giving every single week? He said, I think you asked the wrong question. I think what you meant to ask me is, How much do I talk about money? See, because every week I talk about giving. Because you can't get grace unless you talk about giving. You can't get forgiveness unless you talk about giving. You can't talk about salvation unless you talk about giving. Come on, how I many know? Giving is way much more than money, giving is everything in our lives. And for you to understand that God wants you to have the blessed life, how clever of the enemy that every time you hear the word give, you think money and you go, uh, no. See, because living the blessed life is more than having a blessed wallet. Come on, how many know there are things that God wants you to have that money can't buy? Money Money can't buy this. I know people who have tons of money, tons of toys and tons of stuff and are miserable. Miserable. And so when we talk about this idea of generosity, I just want you to hear me. We're not talking about just about money. Is money a part of generosity? Yes, but it is not all of it. And if you allow give and giving to be a thing that closes you off to this, the Bible says your world's about to get real small. It's going to get real small. So let's let's dive into this today and let's talk about what giving is. What's generosity? So if you're taking some notes, once you write this first thing down, giving is all about the heart. Giving is all about the heart. All right, here we go. So let's look at Matthew six twenty-one. We're going to look at this idea. And, we are going to talk about what it looks like in the area of generosity. It says, wherever, everybody going to help me here. Wherever your what is? Treasure. Wherever your treasure is. Okay, so this is talking about money. This is talking about possessions. This is talking about our stuff. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your what? Heart. Of your heart will be. So here's what it's telling us. Ready? Your treasure has a tracking device on it. If you want to know where your heart is, just follow your treasure. Your treasure is where your heart is. You go, well, Pastor Josh, that's not true. I'll prove it to you. Uh, if you've never like, put money into a stock exchange, and you all of a sudden started like, okay, I want to get into the stock game, and you put money into the stock, guess what you're checking every day? The stock. You know why? Because your treasure's there. You didn't care about that business one bit, but then when you put your money in it, now you're like, come on, please, 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 come on, come on, please, please. Why? Because your money's in there. Come on, ladies, you buy a brand new pair of shoes and your kids, you know, get close to you and they step on your shoes, and you're like, hey! <laughs> Why? Because you just bought some new shoes, okay? I, I know guys that are like that, okay? so Guys, you, you, put, you sink all of this money into restoring a new, you know, vehicle or an old, you know, antique truck. Nobody can drive it but you. Why? Because that's where your treasure is. Because where your heart is, your treasure is. Everybody said that with me. Where your heart is, your, treasure. your treasures. And where your treasure is, your what? Heart. Your, your heart is. And so this, this happens in our lives. I mean, just I can tell you, anything that you're, you love and you're passionate about it, your treasure's there. How many of you know when you got married, you started losing money real quick? Nobody wants no, I did not. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. As soon as I got married, my bank account started dropping. You know why? Because I love my wife. But guess where my money started going? To my wife. And then we had kids. Then, how many know? Then you're just broke all the time. I mean, it's just, and if you think they grow up and move out of the house and you get more cheaper, it doesn't. It gets more expensive. And so, this is how it works. Because, how many know? Because you love your kids. Where your heart is, where's that? There's your treasure is. And so, the same is, think about this, the same is true, though. If that's the same in life, then the same is true for the kingdom of God. That if the kingdom of God, if you say, man, I love God, but your treasure's not there, then we got to doubt that the fact that you really love God, because what you love, you treasure. And what you treasure, you put your treasure in. Mm-hmm. This is what, this is why people go, man, how do I know if I love God? Just follow your treasure. Because where your treasure is, yeah, oh, it's getting quiet all up in this church all of a sudden. Where your treasure is, that, that's, that's where your heart is. And think about this, God puts us on an honor system when it comes to finances watch this does the government ask you to pay taxes yes Yes or no yes Yes, they do but if you don't pay it what will they do they're gonna take it anyways how many of you get an option if you they take it out from your check or not you know what they do they take it out you know why they don't trust you is this not true They don't trust you. They're going to take it out of your business. They're going to take it out of your paycheck. They're going to take it out of it because they don't trust that you're going to give back what you should give back, so they're going to take it for themselves. Here's the thing I need you to understand, though. God doesn't do that. God never takes your money. God always makes it be a choice. Here's why. Because it can't be love if it's not a choice. It can't be love if it's not a choice. And God said, this relationship thing that we have It's only a choice. It's only love when it's a choice. And so God says, you know what? I'm going to bless you. Now I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait for you to be a blessing to others. But it's your choice. You get the choice. So you can hold on to it or you can give it away. This is what God is calling us as a church is to be a church that gives it away. And so if generosity is all about the heart, here's the question. How's your heart? How's your heart? So we're going to turn this room, ready? We're going to turn this room into a, a surgery room. Okay, we're going to turn this. You, you have stepped into Dr. Belt's office. Thank you. Glad you're here. I've been studying the last seven days about the heart. Let's go to heart surgery. Let's look at what it looks like for us when it comes into this idea of the heart. I believe there are a lot of Christians right now that are having a heart attack. Now, I, want to, I want to show you what an actual heart attack looks like. So uh, I, my grandfather died of a massive heart attack in a bank bathroom uh, in 1995. Um, it was one of the most tragic things for our family, devastated our family. And uh, the statistics are out that one in four people are going to have a heart attack. I think that's like one in two in Louisiana because of the way we eat. But anyways, uh, it's, heart issues is a really serious thing. But I'm going to tell you, I believe heart issues is still a real serious thing in the church too. Let me show you. Watch. Watch this. So this is, a, this is a, a video of how an actual heart attack works. If you don't know anything of how an actual heart attack works, the way that it works is that you have blood and oxygen that is pumping through the coronary arteries. So the arteries are carrying blood and oxygen through the heart, pumping it, if you know, to the rest of your body. Over time, you have plaque and buildup and fats that happen within those arteries. And sure enough, over time, it begins to collapse. And what happens where blood and oxygen are supposed to flow freely, what ends up happening is over time, it gets blockage in it, and the heart can't, blow, can't, can't flow anymore. And so you have a section of your heart that literally dies off. And the way that it works is if a section, if the, if the stops, if the flow stops, your heart stops. Your flow stops, your heart stops. I need you to understand this. When the flow stops, the heart stops. And if the Bible says that our heart is where everything's at, this is a huge deal because the, the heart is not the biggest muscle, but it's the most important one. Because when the flow stops, the heart stops. And God knows this because He says in Proverbs chapter 4, watch this. Proverbs chapter 4, He says, above all else, guard your mind. No, don't say that, does it? Guard your eyes. Nope. What does he say? Guard your what? Guard your heart. Because, watch, here we go. Because for everything you do, what's that next word? Flows. Everything you do flows from it. In a healthy, active heart, blood and oxygen are flowing well. its I mean, think about it. You got miles of blood and vessels that are going through your body. When this little thing stops, your body stops. That's how important this thing is. And God says, you know what? Just like your physical heart is a big deal, also the same in your life is that your heart spiritually is a big deal. And when it gets smaller and shrinks and the blood stops flowing through, when it stops, you stop. That's why I've titled this message, Don't Stop the Flow. Don't Stop the Flow. In a healthy, active heart, blood and oxygen are flowing. And in a healthy, activated church, come on, how many know? Love and generosity are flowing. Love and generosity are flowing. It's a part of what we do, it's it's in this. And so I want us to go through, go into the book of Deuteronomy. So we saw how generosity was a part of the New Testament church. I want to back up into the Old Testament in Deuteronomy 15. And I want to show you how God has desired generosity for his people from the Old Testament all the way through thousands of years to the New Testament to all the way to where we are today. This heart of generosity, this desire for us to not stop the flow, has been from the beginning. So, Deuteronomy chapter 15, let let me set it up and then we're going to read it. So, if you know the story of the children of Israel, the children of Israel have been captive to the Egyptians. over 400 years. They've been slaves to the Egyptians. They've been treated poorly. Their family, their children have been treated poorly. God calls a man by the name of Moses, as we know, to be a deliverer. You know, he's got the burning bush experience. Go back, free my people. You know, we know the whole, you know, you've seen the movie, you know, let my people go. Okay, so frees the people, gets them out of Egypt, cross through the Red Sea. We got all the big story of what's going on. And God says, I'm I'm promising you that I'm gonna have what's called a promised land. There's going to be a place flowing with milk and honey. This is gonna be the the place of your dreams. This is a place that I've prepared for you. Okay, so where we catch up in Deuteronomy 15, they're in the in-between. They're out of slavery, but they haven't reached the promised land yet. So they're, they're in route. Watch what happens. Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8, verse, it says this, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land that the Lord is, God has given you, here we go, don't be what? Come on, let's say it, let's say it like we mean it. Don't be what? Don't be hard-hearted. Watch this. And don't be tight-fisted towards them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. All right, so a couple of quick things on this: your heart and your hand is connected. Your heart and your hand. Notice he says hard-hearted and tight-fisted. See, because when you have a hard heart, you have closed hands. I mean, no, when you have an open heart, you got open hands. Soft heart, open hands. Hard heart, tight-fisted, tight hands. And he's telling them, listen, guys, you're going to get there. There's going to be some people that have lack. Don't be hard-hearted. Don't be tight-fisted. Make sure you're generous. Make sure you help. So I want to I talk about two things that stop the flow. What are the two things? Let me give you this first one. Number one is a selfish heart. A selfish heart. Let's read the next verse. Verse 9. He goes and he says this. Don't be what? Mean-spirited. mean-spirited. Okay, so ready? He tells them three things not to be. Don't be hard-hearted. Don't be tight-fisted. Don't be mean-spirited. Come on, y'all know any mean-spirited people? Anybody? Okay, don't point. All right, so um, don't be this. Watch this. And refuse someone alone. Don't refuse someone alone because the year, watch this. The year for canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you, you will be considered guilty of sin. So you have to know a little bit of what he's speaking to, to really understand this. So God had instituted a thing that every seven years, on the seventh year, it was a year of cancellation. Anybody that had debts, anybody that had a slave, they were canceled, they were released from that debt. Come on, how many wish God still had that today? Just released, you don't have to pay the house note anymore. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so all the debts, and so this is what was happening. They were probably getting to the fifth and sixth year and he says, listen, if someone comes to you and they need money and you go, oh, I don't know if I'm going to give it to them because we're in year six and I know that they could just hold out and on year seven they don't have to pay me back. That's what's happening here. And so he says, hey, listen, even if you're in year six, give, be generous. Don't, don't be selfish. Don't, don't hold on to this. Because, how many know God did not create giving for his sake? How many know God created giving for our sake? That this is the number one way that God deals with a materialistic spirit, a selfish spirit, is generosity. It's generous. The way you battle this selfish heart is through the area of generosity. Now, I will say this, and ladies, I just want to let you know if there's probably one area that men are not going to be generous in, this has been from the beginning to today. We're just not going to be generous with sharing our food. It's just how it is. Okay? I just want to let you know. We pull into the drive-thru and we say, do you want anything? You're like, no, we're good. And then we get something and then you ask for our food and then we get mad. Just letting you know the fries at the bottom of the bag are mine too. Okay? So I would have bought you an extra large if you wanted it, but you didn't want it. Come on, man. Can I get an element of somebody in here? Okay, this is how it works. Hey, listen. God doesn't have a problem with you having money. Dear God, I pray a lot of you have a ton of money. God has a problem with money having you. That's what he has an issue with. That's what he has an issue with. He he doesn't preach against money. He preached against the blessing, the prosperity of his people. And I think God wants us to be a blessing and a prosperous people. I think he wants you to make tons of money. The problem is he can't give you a lot of money if it stops with you, if it can't go through you. See, because we become a reservoir instead of a river. God wants it to flow. Remember? Got the flow. We want the flow. Want the flow. So a selfish heart is is the first thing. Hey, let me ask you this question. Did any of y'all have to teach your children how to be selfish? Anybody have to sit down with your kids and go, okay, we're going to do a class on selfishness, y'all. No, you didn't have to teach any of them. They knew mine before you had to teach them mine. They were saying mine before mom. Why? Because innate in nature in us, the sinful nature is self-centered. That's why, listen, our innate nature is self-centered, okay? We're born selfish, but we're born again generous. We're born again generous. So when God comes, he takes us off the throne. He says, now you're going to be generous. And this is what we see in the Acts church. And this is actually what we see in the, New Test- in the Old Testament as well in Deuteronomy is that God is trying to get the mean-spirited, tight-fisted, hard, hard-hearted heart that they have. And he says, no, 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 this isn't what we do as people. Yeah, I know people have been hard with you. Yeah, I know you were in slavery for 400 years. Yeah, I know you had lack. But I'm telling you right now, you got out of there because of my generosity. Now you're going to be generous too. And this is what we see. A, a selfish heart stops the flow. Let me give you the second thing. A grudging heart stops the flow. Watch what the next verse says in verse 10. He says, now he's going he's to ramp it up even more. He says, give what? Generously. Generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God. Watch this. Watch what's going to happen. The Lord your God's going to what? He's going to bless everything you do. The Lord's going to bless everything that you do. So here's how, here's how these two work, selfishness and grudging. Selfishness attacks on the front end before you give. Like, you know you need to be generous, but selfishness goes, you know what? Let's just really hold on to that because we need to take care of ourselves and we need to do this, and we need So selfishness is on the front end. Before you give, selfishness speaks to you. But after you give, grudging speaks to you. Because the next thing after you give is, see, I, I told you, you shouldn't have given it to them. Man, I told you, you shouldn't have done this. Man, what could we have done with that if you would have? So so they both speak. They just both speak at different times. And he says, look, give to the generous poor. Don't be grudgingly for that. For listen, after you do it, God's gonna bless you in everything that you do. Now, I'm here today with my son. My son came to, to serve in OSC Kids. And one of the things I told him is that, He's, gonna, he's here, he's with Lucy in the back, they're serving, and, and uh, he's got a big servant heart, and I said, man, he's like, dad, can we go out to eat for lunch, and I said, man, you know, it just, I don't know if I can have you come and eat right now, it's, uh, it's really tight right now in our, in our bank account, it's been a really, really hard kind of season, what's going on, what's going on, what, what's going on, go. what, that. that guy just gave me a hundred dollars, come on, man, You know why I'm not surprised by this, though? I gave it to him. <laughs> I gave him this money before service happened. Hey, come back up here, Corey, though. Come here. Come here real quick. Hurry. Just as fast as you did. All right. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Girl. Come here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. You see this? I want you, to, um, I want you to give it to that guy right there. I want you to give it to him. It's all yours, man. Be blessed. You got it. Be blessed. You know why he had no problem giving that away? It wasn't his. (laughs) It was mine. You know why we have a hard time being generous? Because we think it's ours. Let me show you what Psalm says. Watch this. Psalms 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and what? And everything in it. Hey, listen to me closely. God owns it all. He's calling you to be a steward of everything he's given you. That job's not yours. He gave you that job. By the way, you couldn't even have that job if he didn't give you blood in your, in your body, a healthy legs, healthy hearts, healthy mind. Come on, y'all with me today? Like, you couldn't have what you have if it wasn't for the grace of God. And understanding that God owns everything, and he chooses people who he could use as stewards to flow what he has to other people. This is how he works. I can give away anything when I understand that my supply is endless. And here's what I want you to understand. God is always looking for people to bless that he can get it through. Jared, I mean, Corey, come back here. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Hey, because you were extremely generous and because I could trust you to get it through you, I just want you to know this is $100 for you as well. So, yeah, that's for you. I love you. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. That's all yours. It's all yours. I want you to listen to me. God's not trying to keep something from you. He's trying to give more to you. Amen. He's trying to give more to you. God's always trying to give more to us. But the problem is we put the lid on. The world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets what? Smaller and smaller. And God says, listen, if you will understand that everything that you have is not yours, it's mine. You're just the steward of it. Hey, the kids you have, they're the Lord's. Come on, have me. Sometimes you want to give them back, but that's, a, that's another story. <laughs> God, take your gift back. Okay, so your wife, your kids, your I mean, everything that you have, it's not yours. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. And what ends up happening is, is when we start hearing the word give, or we start seeing what God's trying to do in us, and we realize, man, selfish and grudging heart wants to stop the flow the way to open up the flow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me give you two thoughts on how we open the flow. Ready? And we're, we're wrapping up. Number one, a generous heart. A generous heart opens the flow. A generous heart opens the flow. When you don't want to give, it's probably the time you need to give. It's probably when you need to. God's going, you, do, you need to do this. I did this exact same illustration the first service. Watch this. This is so, this is only God. I did this exact same illustration last service. I gave $100 to a guy, had him come up, and, and, um, and then I had him. I pointed out just a guy that I was going to give it to. I had a, a woman on this side that I was planning on giving it to. I had, I had it planned out the whole time. And right when he walked down, the Holy Spirit told me, don't give it to her. Give it to this other guy. And so I pointed this guy that was way in the back. Some of you are like, what seat was he in? I <laughs> think so. Right over here. And I gave it to him. And I had, I had him give him the money away. So after the first service walked out, he walked over. he said, Pastor Josh, I gotta tell you something. I said, what's up? He said, man, this morning I checked my bank account. I was negative $70. (laughs) And he starts crying. He said, I showed up in here. And I was just like, God, I don't know what I'm gonna do. He was negative $70 in his bank account when he checked it this morning. And he got 100. Hey, listen to me. God sees what you need. He just wants to know if he can get it through you. A generous heart. Watch what verse 13 says. When you release a male servant, don't send him away empty-handed. Give him a generous farewell gift. Now watch. Where do you give it from? From who? Your flock and your threshing floor and your wine press. And here's the word again. What's the word? Share. Share. We think that word's just for our kids. Share with him some of the bounty which which the Lord, watch this, which which the Lord, your God, has what? Blessed you. Blessed you. Blessed you. So I've never had to train my, my kids how to be selfish because, of course, it's, a, it's, a, it's our sinful nature. We're born into sin, and so we're born self-centered. So, you know, when my kids were all younger and Mine, 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 mine. It's like cute. You film it. <laughs> but my 15-year-old now, it's not cute anymore. You know why? Because I'm expecting him to grow up. So the conversations that we have in our car almost seems often with, I have three boys, 15, 11, and 9. And we still have the conversation of what it is to be Selfless. That as they grow in maturity, as they grow in age, I expect them to be more generous. I expect them to be more selfless. I don't expect them to be more selfish. I expect them to be more selfless. Do you all know that that's what God's expecting of us as well? That as we grow in our maturity with the Lord, how many know he's wanting our hard heart to turn into a soft heart, our closed fist to turn into an open fist. And he's looking at us and he's going, when are you going to grow up? See, because when we first give our our life to the Lord, how many know God does a lot for us? Like, every time you're praying, God's answering prayers. I mean, you pull into Walmart, you get a front row parking spot, you're like, bless the Lord. And then, but like, as you progress, as you progress more and more, uh, God, I think, oftentimes will start withholding things a little bit more just to see if we're going to still depend on him like we did when we first did and if we're still going to be more and more generous or if we're going to allow the blessings of God to just stay with us. God says, listen, we're going to be a generous people. This is what he tells them. Hey, be generous with your threshing floor and with your flock and with your wine press and share with those because God has blessed you. And then he says this, number two, this is, we're done. He says, not only just a generous heart opens the flow, but a grateful heart opens the flow. Watch this. Deuteronomy 15, verse 15. What's the first word? Remember. Oftentimes, you'll see God telling us to remember things. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I think we forget a lot. We forget a lot. And he says, Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God, what did he do? He redeemed you. And this This is why I'm giving you this command. This is why God is commanding them to be generous because everything they had at this point was because of him. Everything that they had was because of him. Do you remember where you were before Jesus? Come on, how many remember those days where where you were before Jesus? Come on, how many are thankful that God was generous in his grace and his forgiveness and his salvation and his forgiveness and the blessings of God that are on your life? I was so lost, I was so broken, but Jesus found me. And because God so loved the world that he gave his son to me, he gave me forgiveness when I didn't deserve it. He gave me love when I was unlovable. He gave me grace when I didn't deserve all that. And how many know, because I've received all that, now I need to give all that. Have you received forgiveness? Yes. Give it away. Then give it away. The Bible even go as far as to say if you can't forgive somebody else, then God will stop forgiving you. I I tell people all the time that walk around, they're just kind of depressed and just discouraged. Like, man, I just need someone to encourage them. I tell them this, whatever you need, give that away. You need encouragement, give encouragement. You need a healing, pray for other people's healing. One of the things that encouraged me about Pastor Bubba, one of the things I love about my spiritual dad, he'll be in a chemo chair in Lafayette praying and laying hands on other people as he's getting chemo. I'm thinking, dear God, if there's anybody that could sit in their own misery It would be that man. But he says, no, you know what? God's blessed me. I'm alive. Does this suck? Yes. Is this bad? Yes. Is this hard? Yes. Is this what I wanted? No. But I know what? God's been so good to me. Even in the hard moments, come on, no, I can still give God away to those around me. I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to listen closely. God has been so generous to this campus. I don't know if you realize that, like for this campus to start, over $200,000 was given from Jennings and Eunice to make this church what it was. Like so much God has given to this campus. It is now our turn. We're five years old. We're growing up. We're going, what God's done in me, come on, I want to do it for someone else. What God's doing in me, I want to do for somebody else. And all you got to do is stay thankful Stay thankful. Stay grateful. God, I'm so grateful. Yes, is it a hard season? Absolutely. Are you going through a rough time? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you right now, you just got to show up in a hospital and realize your life is pretty good right now. You just gotta show up at a funeral home like I did two of them in this past two weeks and you realize that life is really good right now. All it's gotta do is take one of those moments for you to realize you are blessed and I am blessed and God has blessed this church. God is blessing us and I don't know about y'all, I'm ready to be even more of a blessing to those around me. Can I get an amen from somebody in this place? Father, right now, God, we love you. God, we're so grateful and so thankful that you loved us enough that you gave God, we see all throughout the Bible love on display in generosity. God, you loved us enough that in the moments where we least deserve it, you gave us forgiveness. You gave us grace. You gave us mercy. God, we just today say thank you. I break the curse of stinginess. I break the curse of selfishness. I break the hard-heartedness. God, I pray today, come, come do surgery on the inside of us. God, I pray, give us a new heart. Give us a new heart. Remind us of what you've done. God, in those moments where, God, we're discontent, I pray that you would remind us of what you have blessed us with. God, I pray that this church would be marked by a church of generosity. God, a church that looks beyond itself. God, a church that says, God, trust us with more. Because if you can get it to us, I promise, God, you'll get it through us. God, we want to live with open hands, open eyes, and open hearts. God, we just thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. With everybody in this moment, just... With your eyes closed, I just want this just to be a moment between you and the Lord. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, you need to realize, first off, how much God loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that even when you were furthest from Him, He sent His Son to live a life that you and I couldn't live and to ultimately die a death that you and I deserve to die. He bore His body on a cross with the stripes on His back and the thorns in his, side, in his head, and a pierced side, and pierced hands and feet, because he loves you and I. And the Bible says that for us to receive the gift of salvation, that if we will just confess with our mouths that he is Lord, he is Savior. It's as simple as ABC. We admit that we're sinners. We believe that what Jesus did was enough for us, And we confess him as the Lord and Savior of our life. If you're here in this place and you've never prayed that, you've never asked God to come and be the Lord and Savior of your life, I don't want you to leave out of here with that. It's the most generous gift God has ever given. It's the gift of his son. And he gives us the gift of of this salvation. You don't have to earn it. And to be honest, we don't deserve it. But he gives it freely. And now he's given it and he's waiting on you to respond. If you're here in this place, say, I want that. I want that. On the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, That's me. Would you pray with me, Pastor Josh? One, two, three. If that's you, going up all across this room, if there's anybody in here, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody? Thank you. Anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. I want you to, I want you to pray this with me. Come on. Pray this together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. <clears throat> I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Say this with me, say, today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is now my home in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with the angels today. They're celebrating what God's done. Praise God.